Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm very pleased to have Jake Weiner as my guest today. Jake has been working with the special needs community for many years. He has worked with young adults with learning, emotional, developmental disabilities, and other special needs in various settings, such as adult vocational day programs, religious schools, one-to-one respite, nonprofits, and summer camps. Jake, who is a certified personal trainer and certified inclusive fitness trainer, started Zoos Fitness out of a need to create exercise opportunities for those individuals needing that extra push or support. In all of his years of teaching, mentoring, and working with individuals with various disabilities, he realized that fitness programs and gyms were not set up to accommodate people of all abilities. Many individuals with special needs are not given the opportunity to become active and exercise, often have poor nutritional habits, and are typically not motivated to participate in any movement-related activities. Zoo's Fitness was created to help encourage healthier lifestyles while providing adaptive, inclusive, and active programs for everyone, regardless of skill or ability level. Welcome, Jake, and thanks so much for joining me today to discuss the very beneficial service that you provide. Thank you so much, Gilda, for having me. Super excited to chat about all things fitness. That's wonderful. And again, I'm so glad that you're here today. So to begin with, can you tell me why Zoos Fitness was created and talk a bit about the need within the special needs community? Most definitely. So Zoos was created really out of a few things that I noticed within the community that I worked in. For years and years, I worked in various organizations, um, schools, summer camps, nonprofit organizations, all working with people with various abilities. And there's three things really that I noticed. So number one, deficits in motor planning and gross motor movements. And we'll touch a little bit about each of these things. The second one, a real apprehension and really disinterest towards physical activity and a lack of accessible and encouraging fitness environments. So really when I started Zoos, it was for for twofold. Those three deficits that I saw within the community, but two big pillars, opportunity and empowerment. I didn't see those two characteristics exhibited within the special needs community. There were many programs out there dedicated towards speech and occupational therapy and independent living skills, behavioral skills, but the fitness piece, the movement piece was not there. So with my skill set and my fitness background and my love for all things movement, I thought that there was an opportunity there to really show what's possible when given the opportunity, right? And when you empower individuals of all abilities, regardless of of skill level, it doesn't matter where they're coming from. We're going to start them with where they're at. So talking about movement, we all know the obvious benefits of exercise, and certainly you can mention those, but what are some of the other benefits that people enjoy when they exercise? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, this list is exhaustive. It is massive. But I want to touch on a few things that everybody probably knows, right? Weight management, it combats health conditions and diseases. 
improves mood overall, boosts energy levels, improves sleep, right? That list goes on and on. But let's talk specifically about benefits towards people with various abilities, right? Those with different abilities. So I think the the biggest one that, that I like to note is the psychomotor, which really talks about this relationship between cognitive functions and physical movements, right? So we talk about things like agility, endurance, strength, flexibility, all of those things we get from exercise as someone who's neurotypical or with a disability. But the piece that's really interesting is that relationship between the cognitive and the motor, right? Getting our brain and body connected. Oftentimes when we hear with someone with autism, right? It's a spectrum. We have a range of abilities, a range of challenges possibly. That connection between the mind and body is not always there. So what's unique about exercise is that we are able to connect those neural pathways between the mind and the body. So my mind knows what I need to do, right? That motor planning aspect. And then I can actually get my body to do it. So if I cue, let's do a squat. I might visually cue that squat and someone looking at me might be able to see that. But how do I get my body to do that? That's a whole different ballgame that oftentimes what we notice with people with, with autism in particular, those connections are not always there, right? So we're saying squat, I see what you want me to do, but I'm not quite sure I can get my body to do it. So, and that I think is the biggest piece that, that we like to connect is that mind and body, that psychomotor. I think another big piece that is oftentimes overlooked with fitness in general for the entire neurotypical population is the, the social component. Exercise has this really beautiful way of breaking down these natural barriers that a lot of our athletes, a lot of the individuals we work with who have a disability, socially, it can be a little difficult to interact with their peers. It can be difficult to interact with teachers, with professionals, with really anyone in the community. So what's, what's unique about exercise, you know, I love to give this example. When we're at the gym, there's a exercise called a med ball chest pass right? It's a medicine ball, oftentimes soft, um, or we prefer soft just in case you get hit. It doesn't, doesn't hurt as much, but it's this med ball throw where you toss it to someone else, right? That exercise in itself naturally breaks down these barriers of, you know, eye contact and, and, and that social um, awkwardness sometimes that some of, our, some of our athletes feel. I have to look at someone in order to throw the ball. I have to pay attention as the recipient of the ball pass or else I get hit, right? It takes only one time to really realize that. So it, it's, this, it, it's this exercise I like to bring up because it really explains this idea of socially, you know, you're able to connect with people, not just on a level of, hey, how are you? What's up? You know, common interest, but that common interest is already naturally built into exercise. We're both at the gym. We're both exercising. We're both doing the same movement pattern. So you might see, you know, a friend or a, a peer or someone else at the gym who's doing a movement and they're not able to do it as well. And you say to yourself like, Hey, that looks like my kind of movement. They can't do it. I can't do it. You know, you all automatically have that bond without even opening your mouth. So it, it's just really such a unique way of, of, of connecting with individuals who share similar movement patterns, similar, you know, um, interests, right. You can also talk about different things at the gym and it's just another place to meet someone else that you might not interact with in the outside world. So I think those are really like the, the major ones, the psychomotor, the social piece. Also, you know, there are things like development of language when it comes to exercise. You know, we can cue when we're doing a ladder drill, you know, say the ABCs, spell out your name, 
you know, spell out exercise. Let's go each letter in a different ladder. There are colored spot markers that we have. What's the color? Before you jump to that color, what is it? Say it out loud. So there's a lot of things like that with, with language that we can connect with our, our athletes, you know, the increased confidence and self-esteem. We notice a lot with our population, individuals with disabilities, confidence and self-esteem is much lower, right? They're not given these opportunities like we touched on earlier to feel good about your body, to feel good with the body that you have. We don't, you know, in society, you know, and this is very much well-known, society tells us that we need to look and act a certain way. And especially when it comes to fitness, right? There's a lot of these notions of, I got to look a certain way. I got to have a certain waist size. I got to have muscles. I got to have a six pack. But you know, what we try to teach our athletes and what we show at zoos is none of that matters. Let's start you where you're at. If you don't have all those things, fine. You're still amazing the way you are. So, you know, again, I can talk to you for hours and hours about the benefits, but those I think are the ones that I want to touch on for today. Well, I absolutely love what you're saying because you're right. Many of the things that you mentioned aren't things that would immediately come to mind when people think about, well, what are the benefits of exercising? And yet those things that you mentioned are incredibly important and so, so very beneficial. So thank you for bringing that up and making us all aware of that. Now, here's the thing, though. A lot of parents will say, you know what, my child just doesn't want to exercise, doesn't like it, doesn't want to do it, and and that's it. So what am I going to do? What 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 do you say to a parent that tells you that? So I think Gilda, this is probably my favorite question that I get asked, and the most widely asked question when I go to resource fairs or talk to parents. And my number one response or answer, right, and really question back to them is. Have they been exposed to exercise? Have you given them the opportunity? Nine times out of 10, the answer is no. And it's not to their fault. It's really no one's fault. But this idea of opportunity, opportunity to move your body. Oftentimes, parents give opportunities for language development, for independent living skills, for behavioral skills. All of those are incredibly important. In addition to that, the exercise component and just movement in general, right? Call it exercise. Call it swimming, call it going outside, taking a walk, right? There's a lot of these different things that you can, you can, you can classify under exercise and movement, give them the opportunity and show them what's possible. Like we had mentioned before that social piece, oftentimes the social component is what's the most challenging when they meet someone in a space that they feel comfortable in, like a gym, right? Our gym is really set up to, to allow everyone to feel comfortable There's not a lot of stuff on the walls. You know, the lights are not bright. The music's not loud. So when you have a a space that's comfortable, that's inviting, wherever that is, exercise, a social hour, a place for eating, whatever it might be, when the environment is conducive to positivity, oftentimes that leads to greater compliance or a a deeper understanding of what what is asked of, of the person. So like I tell the parents, come try out our gym try out movement, try out a class. If it's not with us, do something active, see what they think. Ask them, how did that make you feel? You know, because oftentimes when given the opportunity, our athletes really rise to the occasion. They love it. And parents come back to me and say, what have you done to my child? They love exercise. And I said, we've done nothing. We've given them the opportunity. And that second piece that we talked about earlier on, empowerment. 
make them feel like they're a part of something greater, make them feel that they're worthy, make them feel strong and powerful. And that's also what exercise can do. You know, when you're lifting weight, like the med ball, grab a 15 pound med ball. Like a lot of parents come and say, they can't lift 15. Well, have you ever asked them? Because I guarantee you, they probably can lift something in that capacity. Or if not that, let's start where they are and work our way up. So that's, you know, again, I like to unpack a lot of those things with parents, but really the biggest thing is opportunity. Show them what's possible and don't put exercise in this bubble, right? Exercise can be so many different things. Well, then what is the best way to get started and create that opportunity that you just mentioned? Yes, for sure. So I think the biggest thing is, is trying to find something that is of interest, right? A lot of times, you know, professionals in this community talk about preferred activities, non-preferred activities, exercise, typically for the entire population, exercise is put into the non-preferred activity, right? We don't like to sweat. We don't have to move our bodies. We don't, we hurt after, why would we do this? But finding something that they do like, and this is something I tell all of our families, all my friends, whoever I interact with, I hate exercise. What do I do? Find something movement related that you enjoy, right? And a lot of times, you know, I think a lot of people forget what, what movement really is. Gardening, walking the dog, right? Putting away dishes, cleaning your room. All of these things can be classified as activities of daily living, which are functional movements, right? And that's a big thing that we preach at zoos, functional movements or activities of daily living. Carrying the groceries, also known as a farmer's carry with kettlebells, same thing. So there, there are a lot of these things that we can incorporate, that we can give opportunities to. Swimming, horseback riding, you know, trying anything and everything to get their son or daughter or client, whoever they're working with, trying something to get them moving. Because the, you know, the opposite of moving is, is, is non-movement, is sitting on the couch doing nothing, which is already like something that we deal with on a daily basis, right? Oftentimes, if you look at a daily schedule of anyone, someone with a disability or without, someone who works as a professional, a mom, a caregiver, if you looked at your day and mapped it out, I would venture to say probably the good majority of your day is probably sitting. So another, like, what do I do? Let's stand up. Let's stand up for every hour for one minute. You know, start off something small. Again, we don't like to go to these extremes of go to the gym five days a week. You need to do a hit circuit and circuit training and, and all these different things. Do something. You know, these small changes add up. Stand one minute a day. Then we add two minutes, three minutes. So I think that's the, the biggest tip is try, right, and give the opportunity for exploration of movement in general. I like what you're saying, and it makes a lot of sense. And can you then please describe some of the current offerings at Zeus Fitness? And also, very importantly, in our current day and age, are some of the offerings that you have available remotely? Yes, most definitely. I will, t- I will walk you through everything that we're offering right now. So we offer private one-on-one training, both at our gym in Los Angeles as well as virtual. So we offer all of our private trainings on Zoom. We offer group training, small group training at our gym. We cap our classes at 10 athletes per class with a few coaches to make sure everybody's moving. That's a motto at Zoos. Everybody moves regardless of ability level. We also offer a few group classes virtually. So when we talk about what do I do, how do I get started? You know, really with us or any other gym, now with COVID, you know, a lot of gyms are going virtual. 
and we've done the same, there is literally no excuse. You can't come to the gym, hop on a Zoom session, right? You don't want to go to the gym, hop on a Zoom session, right? So it's very easy. We offer through Zoom. We offer through Discord, Facebook, anywhere we can get a camera where we can see the individual, we will do. FaceTime, you're on vacation. Guess what? Hopefully you have a phone or an iPad or your computer. That's the beauty of being remote. Doesn't matter where you are. And we've, you know, all of our coaches have really had to hone in on our skill set of virtually coaching. We set the camera up in a position where we can hopefully see all of your body. So it's just as if you're in person. We can do everything the same. And the group classes, you know, what's really cool is the, the social piece. You know, we oftentimes leave time at the beginning, middle, and end for just everyone to kind of unmute themselves and talk to each other. Because that's a social piece that our, that our athletes are missing, but they get during zoo sessions. So if they can't be in person, all of COVID when we had a stay-at-home order, we had 40 to 50 of our athletes on Zoom, you know, and we unmuted everyone. It was absolute chaos, but everyone loved it. They were laughing. Hey, what's up? What are you doing? Oh, I see what's in the back of your room. So like the virtual component is really cool. But of course we have our um, brick and mortar gym in Encino, California, 2,500 square feet, all of the inner workings of a gym, all the equipment that you can possibly use. Well, at this point, Jake, then I'd like to ask you, is there a particular thing that we haven't covered that you would like to mention at this time that you want to make sure people are aware of or take away from our conversation. And then also if people have questions and they want to know more and they want to find out more about accessing this wonderful program that you have available, how can they reach you? Absolutely. So I think the two big takeaways, right? These, these terms that I keep coming back to opportunity and empowerment. The biggest things that a parent, a caregiver, support staff, a friend, a family member, give opportunity for movement, right? Opportunities are given in all other facets of life. Typically, the movement piece needs to be done, right? And one last thing with that opportunity and empowering, where right, a big thing we can do, parents have an incredible opportunity to empower their kids by doing the movement with them, right? And there are a lot of parents out there are going to say, no way, I'm not doing it. I'm going to send them to you and not do it. But that's such a, a, an integral part of that social component and family unit or friends to do it together. So opportunity and empowerment are the two big things I want to, I want to leave because that's the, the foundation for everything that we do at zoos. Um, and I think the easiest way to get a hold of us, uh, zoosfitness.com. Zoosfitness.com, you have all of our, you have access to our social media, you have access to what we do, our virtual platform. That's kind of the easiest way and you can access if you need to connect with me or other coaches, zoosfitness.com is probably the easiest way. And that's Z-O-O-Z-F-I-T-N-E-S-S.com. Well, thank you so much, Jake. And I'm sure a lot of the parents that are listening are thinking, well, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to get me up there and get me those exercises. But <laughs> but I think that's great. I think it's a wonderful idea. And uh, I love it that you give families that opportunity to do that together. And thank you so much for your time and for giving us some wonderful insights today. Of course, Gilda. Thank you so much for giving us the platform to share what we love most, movement. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, www.autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending a part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.